You're listening to Critical End, episode number 90. The episode that's a reboot of episode number 89. Logan, here's our triumphant capper to the last episode, where uh, we already reviewed the first three Scream movies, the what was previously known as the Scream trilogy, uh, and now we will be reviewing the final in the uh, quadrilogy, let's say, uh, Scream 4. We really built this one up, didn't we? Kind of. Uh, I think we built it up for ourselves, too, along the way. Yeah, I mean, we were sort of hoping uh, that, uh, that this would be a better sequel than Scream 3, I dare say, and even uh, Scream 2 is fine. But uh, I was kind of hoping that this would, you know, I, I didn't really expect to do, but I was sort of hoping it would be a better sequel than that as well. I was hoping that uh, it would sort of get back to the, what was fun and clever and self-referential in a good way, not a tiring way, about the first movie. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, to throw in a, a genre match here, it's kind of what you people were thinking when Halloween H2O was first announced and then when it eventually came out. And Jamie Lee Curtis was back? They're like, yeah, okay, fine. We're gonna, let's um, like all those sequels in the middle, did, you know, never lived up to the original. But now we have like most of the cast back, the crew and everything, the director, writer. So let's do this. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Right. And then it comes out, and you realize it's just another installment. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That's pretty similar to my feelings about Scream Four. Um, yeah, my too. Although it wasn't a bad movie. No, I. I mean, I agree. It's um. I'll go ahead and say it's my least favorite of them, though. No, oh, I disagree. Um, Scream Three is much worse. And we'll, uh, yeah, I was about to say we can disagree on that. I think, if anything, though, I like Scream 3 more for nostalgic reasons, though, now. Uh, plus, I, I do feel like certain characters got dumber between Scream 3 and 4 Yeah. Uh, as well. Um, but I can see myself watching Scream 3 again and not really planning on watching Scream 4 so much. I also like that Scream 3 at least tried to wrap things up. Um, it did not do the, the two-person killer thing that we'd seen already in Scream 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few other things. Like, it tried something new and it didn't quite work. Um, but Scream 3, I actually have a, a comment about as how it relates to Scream 4, and what I need to, to get that comment rolling is for you to start talking about the plot of Scream 4. Okay. Well, the plot of Scream 4 is as follows. Uh, when we last left Sydney uh, 11 years ago now, uh, she had sort of put a, uh, as you say, uh, uh, an end to the whole Scream thing by killing her brother, who was revealed to have been the mastermind behind the first movie as well as the third movie. second movie didn't really have anything to do with um, but, uh, so, at that point, you know, Ghostface is gone. It's been gone for over a decade now. She's trying to move on in Scream 4, and so she's written a book. It's a little weird, a little out of character in a way, because she's previously been avoiding all uh, publicity associated with the murders. But now, apparently, she's back. She's, she's trying to sort of reinvent herself and, like, be more comfortable with embracing her life. So she's like, all right, fine, I'll write a book, I'll get it out of my system. And so she's sort of on a book tour. Uh, kind of. Scream 4. Um, because I I think it was supposed to be that was supposed to be like the big beginning of her book tour. Yeah. Um, but the book is really just a very lame plot device to get her into the town. True. Because after the initial setup of she's in town for the book, it's never really mentioned again. Nor is it important at all to what's to what the action is here. It's mainly to introduce a um, an agent character for her, played by Allison What's Her Face from Community, 
that you know, it just will just be another victim. I don't think I'm right. revealing anything too much by saying that. No, no, no. It's in the trailer. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We should say that we're not going to reveal the end of Scream Four. So no, 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 not at all. About no. that, uh, as we never do. So, uh, so she's in town for her book, and she uh, is also um, in contact with her young niece, who we haven't met previously. But her niece is sort of not that happy about uh, being associated with Sydney because she's getting unwanted attention for all these murders. Uh, but um, oh, and also Dewey is now the sheriff, married to uh, to Gail, and Gail has retired from journalism, but is thinking about trying to write another book. But she has writer's block, so she's just you know chomping at the bit, Logan, for something else, like for another screen movie to happen, so she can write a new book. Um, how do you how do you quickly become the sheriff? I guess that guy died. I mean, it's, it's been 10 yeah. years. I don't think it was that quick, actually. I think. It's, I guess, though, he kind of ditched the guy uh, when he moved out to Hollywood. To work that's on true. The... I forgot he moved to Hollywood. See, well, I'm, I'm, this, uh, this is kind of getting at what I was about to say. There's a lot of problems here when you count for Scream 3 as actually being part of the series. Oh, you can come back and be the sheriff. You to, come on. It's, it'll, it's no, no, possible. That's, that's not my, my favorite problem's coming up, though. Okay. So what's going on with all these local teens? Well, the local teens, uh, <laughs> which gets into my, uh, my favorite thing about the casting, actually, is that Emma Roberts, who plays Sydney's niece, uh, Hayden Panty and somebody, and this, like, giant Amazonian girl are all going to college together, and they couldn't look like the like the least believable trio of high schoolers ever, like, ever. They couldn't look more like they don't ev- go to school together uh, in, any, exactly. in any possible way, because they look all completely different ages. But anyway, they're going to school, and uh, they uh, start getting creepy phone calls uh, from, from Ghostface, from The Voice. Um, and uh, basically, uh, what's the... F- who gets killed first? Just some random high schoolers, right? Oh, yeah, the opening is... It's someone that they later talk about that they know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I forget whoever is... Yeah, no I mean, it's similar. It's supposed to be to play on this first scream where it's just a random, unconnected character first, I mean, and then... Yeah, well, they are connected. They're friends with whoever our... I mean, uh, friends, yeah. ...character's supposed to be. I don't know who our main character is supposed to be in this movie so much. Um, um, anyway, it's quickly become clear, clear that Ghostface is back, so Sydney. uh... Uh, stay is over at the house of her niece. They're staying together, uh, and then they they see that Ghostface is uh, is committing a murder across the the way. The crazy Amazonian chick is being killed. Sydney tries to go save her, doesn't, and it's we're off and rolling again with another crazy scream movie. Uh, in the meantime, we have these two uh, characters from the high school played by uh, is it Rory Culkin? Yes, yeah, the kid from Signs. Okay, right. and uh, another guy who I don't know. Uh, they're sort of the film geeks, and they're taking the Jamie Kennedy-type role of explaining the rules. And because the new Stab is coming out, Stab... with new Stab coming out? I guess Stab... No, they, it's eight, never no, really... New, not a new Stab. No, there's not a new Stab. They just... it's uh, Stab-a-thon happens every year at this time. Okay, so they're hosting Stab-a-thon, where they play... There are seven Stab movies in the fiction of, of Scream, and they're going to play all of them in this weird abandoned farmhouse, uh, which, which, of course, becomes the setting for some more murders. Which begs the other point. Um, it's interesting that Stab Three, I guess, did get made. Um, in the, in the yeah, wake of I was going to say the same murders. thing. Yeah, and uh, this is—I I, I, don't—I guess I can't count off of this, but it's incredibly goofy. But it, they kept making them too, which is even funnier. But also that no one mentions this. Like that should be exactly. the reason why this franchise is so amazing and huge is that it actually tied into Sydney's life. Um, in a big way, and that Roman was the guy who actually got all the Woodboro murders going. Right, how do and, these film geeks not mention that the director yeah, of Stab never 3 was a murderer? Because, Ryan, they are terrible film geeks. We see that in their, like, their film layer or wherever in the classroom. They have a great big poster for The Hills Have Eyes, the Wes Craven one. 
Well, yeah, they have all the West Craven posters in there. Um, so it's not including the Green Mile, which is my favorite West Craven movie. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, they're also not great Jamie Kennedys either, because there's no Jamie Kennedy at least gave the audience the benefit of listing the rules, while these guys just kind of like toss them out like quickly. And m- th- what all the rules come down to is uh, it's a new millennium, so you can, or it's a new decade, so you can toss out all the old rules. Yeah, and here's where we come into the big problem I had with this movie is that they're they're treating they're treating it like a reboot. Which it isn't yes. by definition because it follows the continuity of the first three movies and it also has the same three stars. So it's not a reboot. But they're treating it that way. And so they just keep saying, well, that means we can throw out all the rules, which is, first of all, not, I wouldn't say, true. And second of all, it takes away all the fun. If you don't have any rules, if everything's just, if nothing follows these sort of horror movie conventions, um, which it still does, but the characters aren't aware of it, it's, um, it's not fun anymore. It's not Scream to me, you know? Yeah, and this is the first one to really not make clear rules. Yeah. Um, the only clear rule I got, besides that there are no rules, um, is that, that gay people can't die, I guess? Uh, yeah, although that was basically a joke. I mean... Tossed out? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like any of that. Um, I also... I guess where the reboot's coming from is that they're introducing all these new characters, so we feel like the series is going to take these characters from here, but we're, in the end, we're, we don't, we're not stuck with any of those characters, really, as main driving forces. No, the movie still focuses on, if you want to call it that, it's sort of, a, sort of all over the place. It still focuses on Sydney and Dewey and Gale. Um, and Dewey and Gale, I've said before, are boring characters to me. Um, Sydney is it's this one. Yeah, and Sydney is fine, but she doesn't really do or say much in this movie. It reminded me of Scream Three in that in that way. She's not right. very, she's not much of an active character. Things just sort of happen to her. Um, well, I think we covered the plot, so this let's lead into some of my problems here with this. Okay. okay? I mean, I think you're really kind of touching on them here. Is that we have uh, Dewey Gale and Sydney left, right? Mm-hmm. Right. None of these three characters get to do anything the whole movie. I think. Um, uh, Dewey's stuck in a car driving back and forth, always too late, uh, wherever he's going. Right. Um, Gail is in bed at the beginning, and she kind of doesn't want to roll out of bed for the beginning of the movie. Um, and by the time she does, she ends up in another bed. I won't get into more about that. Uh, but it's sexy, let me tell you that. Uh-huh. Um, and then Sydney is really kind of stuck at, ho- at home with her uh, niece the whole time. Um, which is also kind of weird, because I don't... Did she just decide to stay there to watch after her? It's sort of unclear. At first I like thought she like she's get going there to be like, anonymous, but everyone knows she's there. Exactly right. Um, so that being said, they're kind of those characters are kind of thrown aside. I think Gail has maybe a little bit to do in the middle of the movie, but she's the only one who any get who gets real action. Uh, what Sydney does, which just goes back to the bed thing I was talking about, uh, what Sydney does is really just kind of show up too late to crime scenes as well, um, and maybe get to kick Ghostface every now and then. From what she's learned in the past films, is how to kick. Uh, meanwhile, so what we're kind of stuck with is following these new characters, but the movie can't decide which one is more important than the other. Because um, it kind of goes back and forth between uh, two of the females, if anything. But we get some side notes from other characters, too. And I was wondering at times if they were, they were setting up victim scenes. Like, if we were watching these characters because they were about to be a victim, but that wasn't the case. Um, also, the movie throws completely aside new characters introduced in the town who apparently have been there for a while. Um, uh, Officer Hicks, I believe her name was. Judy Hicks. Um, is set up kind of as a, uh, as a foil to... Gail and Dewey's love relationship that mm-hmm. never ever like pays off after the first 15 minutes of the movie. Right. Um, also, she gets like a cool creepy shadow scene, but then the movie kind of forgets about her as even being a suspect. Um, and then we also get uh, the most tragic waste of Adam Brody ever. Yeah, I agree totally. 
Um, now, I never watched The O.C., so I can't really judge him from that, but every single movie, every movie, right, including some of the worst films, a happy face jumps to mind. Plus Gilmore that, Girls. That I've ever seen him in, he's always one of the highlights. He's so funny. Uh, Jennifer's Body also jumps to mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's You can see in those movies, it's obvious the directors just let him go, and he's a really funny guy. Um, he's paired also with Anthony Anderson, which is kind of funny, only because he was in a bunch of the scary movie movies. Right. Um, but neither of them get to do anything remotely funny, and they're kind of our new Dewey characters. They're the new bumbling cops. Right. Um, and we need that because Dewey's no longer doing this movie either. He's actually, he, I, mean, I won't go out of the way and say he's like super smart or anything, but he has no Dewey moments at all in this movie. Well, he is still like kind of an idiot. I mean, he still is ineffectual at his job and kind of always gets there. I mean, that's, you say he spends the whole movie driving back and forth. That is sort of part of the joke of him like not really contributing. Um, it's not fun to watch. I feel like he's really but... trying, though. Um, more so than Gail might be, even. Uh, but still, I, I think I, it doesn't matter what he's doing because they don't—they didn't have anything for the three of them to do. They just had to have them in the movie doing something. And that was the problem. It's there was never more a, a screen movie where the action didn't focus around any of these characters. Now that's fine if you're going to pass it off and say, okay, it really is a reboot, new generation of screen main characters. But like you said, they waste all those characters, or they, you know, they run through them, if you will. Uh, they don't end the movie with you thinking, okay, new set of characters for the screen franchise. No, it's still these same three characters, but they didn't get to do anything in the entire film. Exactly, right. Um, and especially when we're told that we have a 5 and 6 possibly coming up, this one does well. Yeah. Um, I don't know where, from where. Uh, but no, okay, so character-wise, Scream is not doing anything new with any characters whatsoever. Uh, we have this reboot, uh, remake problem as well. I don't know what you want to consider. Whatever. I don't know what they're considering the movie, because whatever it ends up as, it, it begins and ends up just as another Scream sequel. Yeah, and it's... It's they really wasted a ton of opportunity. Like I think we talked a little bit about last time with that whole concept. If you're going to say it's a reboot or remake, there that opens up so many cool, interesting ideas for new rules about like you know you have to have homages to the original. So watch out for situations that are like the first scream. You know that would have been funny, uh, or just making fun of the fact that it's been ten years and all these stars are old and don't belong in scream movies anymore. Uh, that would have been funny as well. I mean, um, and all the stuff that we were promised in the. Uh that's changed in horror movies in the past ten or the past decade uh, does not show up in this movie either. There, you know, the the teaser, the trailer teased us with um, jokes about remakes um, and you know Asian horror films and that sort of thing. And there's just one or two throwaway lines, pretty much what you saw in the trailer. And then the movie never really gets back to that either. Exactly. Um, it, it's it just kind of ends up as another slasher film. But I, I think my final problem with this movie, Ryan, um, is kind of. The, my case with uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, okay? It's, too much uh, aliens. Like, it's uh, way too little, uh, like way too late. Um, they waited too long to make the sequel, and you would think in 10 years you could come up with just an amazing killer script, right? Mm-hmm. But it seems like all they really did in that 10 years was come up with a great opening. Because um, I really think this the beginning of this movie was really uh, good. I think oh, I'm glad you agree. I, was, I think the same. the first one. And it's funny because everything, I don't want to give away too much about the opening, but everything that we mentioned, like we joked about, we did not want to see, you see right away in the first scene, but what they do if it actually from there is kind of brilliant. Exactly. They, um, they, and, that, that part is a really good commentary yeah. on the movies. And I said, like, that's what I'm saying. So it seems like they spent 10 years working out this great opening, and that's when I was in this, I was ready for, oh, it's been, you know, uh, 11 years now. Let's, let's get back to Scream. This is going to be the one that should have been all along. Right. Um, and it never happens after that. We just get another installment, and it seems like way too little because they're just giving us what we've seen already uh, much too late. It's like, way too late in the game, I think, for Scream 4 to even happen. Right. Um, now that I've seen it, I, th- I, can, I can say that in a very assured way. 
Um, now, we're not going to say who the killer is, obviously, but I will say that while I liked the idea behind what they were going for, I and I think that the uh, actor pulled it off, I thought it didn't make much sense, and it was also lacking a lot in motivation. I, I was actually sort of reminded of Mickey from Scream 2 in terms of lack of motivation to be a killer. I was going to say the exact same thing about motivation, because once the motivation was given, I actually tried to have, I had to go back myself and try and fill in the holes there, mm-hmm. um, of where, why exactly this motivation is what it is. Um, and then a, a lot of it was me kind of making up motivation for this character, too. I yes. Uh, and then there are some other problems when you kind of dissect the film about how this could be the actual about how the killer could be. There's some physical logistics there. Yeah, some major. Um, but then there's other problems too. This is the, the I think the first screen film where uh, we see Ghostface get actually beaten up because, like I said, Cindy's kind of kind of kick-ass by now. Um, she punches and like kicks him, uh, him or her in the face several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, Dewey actually shoots Ghostface, and they never once acknowledge what happened there. When? Uh, he shoots twice when they show up when he shows up at the barn. I think he missed the them, though, right? Time, no, the first time he hits him, that's what stops him from stabbing uh, one character. And then the second time we actually see it hit the beam above him. I think that was purposeful, so. stopping the stabbing that particular character, but we can argue about that. Uh, but um, anyway, the shooting could be installed. But no, the fact is, the um, whoever the killer turns out to be never once shows any signs of being beaten at all, while Sydney falls down the exact same stairs and has a cut all over her face. True. Um, but no, it's just a little problems here that I, I don't see so much in the other Scream films. Now, I will say, the, as I said, like the, the performance of, of the killer uh, was really good and actually kind of started selling me. And they sort of, uh, much like the end of Scream, they actually give the killer enough time after their reveal to sort of settle in and be kind of menacing and, uh, and look like, for the first time in a Scream movie, it really looks like they're going to get away with it. Um, and then the, the character makes kind of a dumb mistake. Um, yes. but dumb, dumb. very dumb and that kind of takes away from it although it does lead up to one more climactic scene uh, between Sydney and the killer which I actually thought was really fun and it leads to uh, a really awesome line that the movie ends with I, I really thought it was pretty great but I won't reveal it here no 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 the, uh, the, I, I think of it as a tacked-on ending but in a good way perhaps mm-hmm. uh, which takes place in a hospital it's all kind of cool um, except it's probably the most understaffed hospital ever that's true. Uh, it involves several gunshots, and no one really <laughs> shows up at all. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, yeah, we had the same problems here with the other screen films, too, where Ghostface finally decides to use the gun at the end, which would have been a much easier way of killing people all along. Right. Um, and it's too late for that, of course. But uh, I've said a lot of bad things. I just want to say, like we just, we just said, the opening and ending of the movie are both really good, and it does clip along really fast, which is the biggest problem that Scream 2 and 3 had. They were both sort of drag... They both drug on. Uh, this movie... Clips along fine. It's interesting enough. Keeps you interested. It's not a bad movie. Uh, I'm just pointing out the things that I was disappointed in terms of the potential of a, a Scream sequel at this point. It, it's sort of a, it's a fine horror movie. It's not a great, you know, it doesn't really live up to Scream, but it's better no, than Scream no. 3, and I think it's a fine film. I just think there are a lot of flaws. Um, yeah, we've been hitting all the flaws, which tends, tends to be the case with this stuff, too. I'll say it's not a bad movie at all. Um, as far as slasher goes, it's exactly what you expect, another kind of murder thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who is it? Let's, you know, the mystery of it all keeps you interested. Um, all that being said, I think it's personally the weakest of the franchise. Um, may not be a bad thing, but I always thought that, I don't if you, it's, it's kind of what we said in the, when we did the whole, fr- when we did the trilogy, right? Um, if you're going to make sequels to Scream, you need to be aware of what you're doing. And that never seemed to be the case of any of the sequels. 
And that's why I think they didn't work. Now, if they would have stopped after the first scream, I would have been absolutely fine with just that. Exactly. Um, I think we would have a great film that... Um, which, you know, at the time, I feel that Scream was really big. It had to be because, you know, they made two sequels really fast. Um, but over the years, and I think the performance, the opening this weekend of Scream 4 kind of shows this, I think people just kind of, like, forgot about Scream, or they kind of moved on to bigger things quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think if Scream had stopped after one film, we would have what might be considered, like, a super classic now. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. are like, oh, man, Scream, that's part of, that's, like, one of the highlights of the genre right there. Um, but no, alas, the, the sequels kind of watered it down, um, and to the point that not so much, it's not like a Freddy Krueger or a Jason thing, Ryan, where they're but, known for that great villain, because um, Ghostface was always changing, you know? And, right. But um, it feels that, like that to people, because I said I watched all the Scream movies this weekend, and someone was like, how many movies are there, like five movies? And I'm like, no, it's only three, but it just feels like it's been so overextended. Right, it really does. You know. Um, but uh, now, as far as uh, Scream 4 goes, I, I will put it on par of Scream 3, even though personally I have better memories of Scream 3. Um, I, I don't know. Something, I, I guess just I, it might have been the fact that Scream 3 tended, was trying at least to end things, and I was happier with that. Um, and I liked where the characters kind of settled and stuff at the end of Scream 3. Mm-hmm. Um, does not say I liked some of the major plot holes of Scream, like the voice thing, which uh, did not make an appearance in this. Although, not even a voice box made an appearance in this. Did you notice that? Uh, true, this, but kind of uh, who is right about the Scream, the Stab app? Okay, they mention that, but no one ever uses it. In fact, at one point, one of the characters makes a phone call on an iPhone, and they try and do a terrible impression of a Scream voice. But it's in the movie. I was right. Yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, okay, speaking of the update thing, cell phones are never once coming to play here either. Because uh, characters tend to just answer their phone like it's a regular phone without even looking at who's calling. No, that's not true. They look at who's calling. Because no, there are two doesn't... shots of Hayden Pantiera's phone, and I remember thinking nobody uses that default Apple background. No, no, no. I mean, they do every now and then, but I think Allison Breeze's character is a good example. Um, she just kind of answers the phone, and you think if, like, maybe when the cops found that phone, they could, you know, see who actually made that phone call or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but no, as far as the rest of the time goes, I think what they I, I guess the whole thing was Ghostface was using the phone of his previous victim? Yeah. I guess? Yeah. I don't know. I think that There's was also it. great moments in this one that are up there with Scream 3 where he just randomly sucker punches Dewey. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm not out there, I'm right next to you. And you're, you're like, okay, I think I would hear you talking on the phone next to me, but okay. <laughs> There's actually several of those in this one. I'm not there, I'm actually in the closet. <laughs> it's kind of, um, um, but no, uh, Scream 4 ends up with a 5, which is what I gave Scream 3. If there's no more Scream movies, I will be happy. Um, but I think I would have been happier if Scream three would have been the end of it. Um, they, you see, that's the other thing. They didn't leave themselves any kind of opening for another movie. They'd have to start over again. I don't see where he worked out a story arc while working on the script for this movie, for a five and six. Yeah, I don't see what the rest of it is. I mean, whatever. Um, well, we almost had a streak going, Logan, because I was we had actually rated all the other Scream movies the same, but I gave this one a six. I think it's better than Scream 3 by a long shot, because it's faster and I like the characters more. Um, I feel like this is definitely the best paced one since Scream 1. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you on that. That's true. That's true. I guess. Yeah, but I agree I, with you on that. one through three kind of built on a story in a way. Mm-hmm. While this one kind of resets the story and then takes the characters who had a built-up story and throws all that away. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. I don't know. It just seems kind of like a weak entry, not like a, an entry coming ten years later when they had, you know, eleven years later. There's a lot of expectation. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of it. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of felt like we might go different ways on this one. But I, if you've seen the other three, this is definitely worth seeing. I think. Agreed. And it's definitely worth seeing for the opening, if anything. Yeah. Um, which, like I said, it's up there with the opening to the, with the first film. Yeah. Um, so there it is, Scream 4. Um, 
I, I, I guess a lot of our problems in the middle of the film, the the plot, the character problems, and you know who we're supposed to be following, what's going on with certain characters, can come from what I was talking about that Entertainment Weekly article that there was a huge fight over the script. Yeah. And Ken Williamson was told to change several things. I wonder what they were. I wonder if it would have been better if he hadn't. I don't know. And you know they said that uh, Alison Bree's parking garage scene tested really poorly, so they had to bring her back in for reshoots. And I'm wondering what the initial ending was of that scene, or if the, she had stayed in the car. Like, what happened there? I don't and know. don't test individual scenes of a film that way. I mean, just That's, exactly. And you were actually part of the. That's one. You talked about it on the show. What you were actually uh, you were part of one of these tests. You were shown a scene from the other guys. Is that it? I wasn't really a scene. Yeah, I was a scene, but I mean, it was actually a, it was a teaser. It was like a, a trailer. Yeah, I, I mean, there was um, there were focus grouping uh, outside of uh, the theater I, I would go to, and they asked me about the other guys. It wasn't like a, like a pulled-out scene, though. It was like a part of a, right, an right. obvious trailer. Well, I don't think they were just showing uh, just Alison Brie's scene. They were probably... No, I know, but what no. I'm saying is, like, don't dissect it so much. Yeah, I mean, exactly right. Um, anyway. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, if three people complain, they're like, oh, those three people speak for everyone who likes these kind of movies. Right. So let's change this up. You know, no one even tried to figure out who the killer was in this movie. That was... No, they were too busy running around and not doing anything at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one was. No one really seemed worried. They are all like, "Oh, we let's still. We're teenagers. Um, it's <laughs> it's a new decade. So let's just drink, uh, get ourselves on the internet as quickly as possible, <laughs> um, and watch old horror movies." Actually, that sounds like a pretty good existence to me. I, I want to be a teenager in a movie. Things. Load. Yeah. Um, I don't have much of an internet presence outside of Crickle Inn, but uh, now I plan to start walking around with this headset that a live uh, video blog my entire life. That was kind of a my solo take type thing, by the way. I'll be honest with that. That was awkward, especially because that would just be one of, like bouncy, shaky, terrible footage exactly right, all yeah. the time. But I gave it to them. It's a movie. I also kind of threw my hands up when he puts it on backwards. I was like, okay, we don't see anything coming of this. I yeah, guess. seriously. Um, but anyway, no. Okay, so Scream Four. Uh, I think uh, I think we have some pretty good recommendation there for it. Yeah, you know, see it, uh, see it if you've seen their other rest of the series. Don't expect too much, and you won't be disappointed. Well, chances are, if you had seen the rest of, the, if you were at all interested, you went this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say, no one was really that interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst opening round of any of the Scream films. Uh, I don't know how well. I'm sure you know most movies now. Even like the worst flops make their money back. Was it being advertised very much? I mean, I don't watch much yeah, commercials. I feel like anymore. it wasn't heavily advertised. Although I did see the trailer a lot whenever I went to theaters. But yeah, I don't watch TV enough to pick up commercials for that sort of thing. Right. But however, you know, Scream Four is like a new Saw film, right? It's built up an audience enough where you think, especially after this much time waiting, you would think everyone would rush out. It's kind of the Indiana Jones thing once again. Everyone who really was interested rushed out right away, and then kind of word of mouth got around, I guess. Right. Um, and it's probably going to kill it really quick after this after this week. Well, it might be the last entry in the Scream series, but uh, we can at least say we saw them all. That's right. <laughs> Personally, we can say we saw them all. So speaking of your internet presence, Logan, uh, tell me about this critical end I've heard so much about. Well, Ryan, if you're really interested in Logan's going on, mm-hmm. um, you can go to Critical Inn, where you will find that every Tuesday, Thursday, and every other Friday I post something. Now, if you might be slightly in or disappointed if you go and find out that Ryan's posting something, only because it's a Monday, Wednesday, or every other other Friday. Right. Um, that's at criticalin.com, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if you like my voice, and you think it's the voice that speaks for a sexy generation. <laughs> right. Which is what you- Pepsi calls it. Then you can go look <laughs> at the voice of a sexy generation of meltiness. Um, then you can go to iTunes, where you can download um, this podcast and remove Ryan's voice from it digitally, like Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man. Digitally, like Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man. Yeah, and Hollow Man Two, 
which they told me he was in, but I looked and I never saw him. Well, that's how you know he's there. Um, and then, oh, if you're also interested in Logan, there's a Twitter. Not for Logan so much as Critical In, but as I mentioned before, uh, as was mentioned previously, the Logan has to do with Critical In. So if you look at our Twitter enough, then the Logan story's going to pop up, so you can go to Critical In on that day. Bound to happen. Um, and then if you really, really, really dig yourself some Logan, we also have a Facebook. Um, once again, not really a Logan Facebook page, but a Critical In one. Um, where, you know, I might have said this, Ryan, but I'm related to Critical In, see? I see. So there's a 50-50 chance you'll land on a day when it's Logan. Well, we can only pray. <laughs> for that sexy, melty voice that speaks for generations. Indeed. Well, uh, until next week, Logan, uh, bye for now. But for, for now, but we'll talk again next week. That's why I said until next week. So until next week, it's goodbye for now? Yeah, it's bye for now. Bye for now, but until next week. Yeah, Is it hello next week? It's bye for now until next week. What, will, will you say goodbye again next week? Is that what I'm supposed to get from this? Eventually, sure. Will we right say away. hello and all this? It gets lonely between the middle. Will you at least call me halfway through the week to let me know how it's going? Logan, you're adopted.